After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones. We talk about the bad ones. And we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. I'm full of juice, Mum. Put out my gym jams. I'm coming home. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We're your hosts. Hey, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. What was that from? It was from a very strange commercial that was almost on theme for this week, but was, frankly, uh, one bridge too strange. It involved orca whales batting around the bodies of seals, which then a man came out of and said the line you just heard. I'm full of juice, Mum. Put out my gym jams. I'm coming home. That does not sound like an American commercial. It probably wasn't. It's for some sort of soda called Tango, I think. Yeah. It was very weird. You sent it to me. You said there could be some good drop potential in here. I did I did what I was told. I yeah. like the drop. I don't like the commercial. It's not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about commercials, though, and actually television commercials. Uh, so back on, back on mission for that, uh, I guess maybe the theme of today is surprise, surprise, or are we calling it surprise, surprise, surprise? Surprise, surprise, surprise. I have been thinking of it as... <gasps> twist oh okay well you lay it out this was your idea well sort of it sort of was my idea in the sense that a listener sent it to me and then i uh stole it so <laughs> yes i mean in the sense that it was I, your idea to steal it it was my idea to steal it there you go so, so what so what is so these are commercials that are going to um shock us well it's it's evolved a little bit conceptually but one of our listeners dave thank you dave uh sent in the idea that it would be interesting to talk about commercials that Um, really surprise you what the product it's for, like that the tone is very strange for the kind of product that they're selling or the narrative of the story seems to be going in a totally different direction and then (gasps) twist. What? It's for tampons. (laughs) <laughs> I just assume that that's one. <laughs> They're all for tampons. Uh, this, that's so, right. So the surprise... That's the most <laughs> shocking thing when, a, when any commercial is for tampons. Um, for TBTL... <laughs> How are they even allowed to put that on television? For TBTL, I got an email from our um, from the, the main person we work with in the sales department in American Public Media. And she uh, sent uh, me and somebody else on the sales team an email just saying, you know, uh, this company has contacted us uh, about potentially being a sponsor of the show would you guys be comfortable with it and i opened it up and it was thinks oh period underwear and i wrote back you know i actually have some friends who are big fans of thinks i was like i just can't see how luke and i as a couple of boy that would be be like a good spoke a tricky needle to thread Yeah, good spokespeople and then she wrote back i was just kidding which really blew my mind because she's never she didn't she didn't seem like a prankster to me. She must have just come across Thinks or something like that and thought, boy, wouldn't it be funny if Andrew and Luke had to try to sell period underwear? Yeah. It's like, when I say period underwear, I believe it's underwear that is you're supposed to be able to wear it and not, and not wear pads, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think period underwear is a great description of it. Um, yeah, it would be... It would be pretty counterintuitive to ask two men to be the spokespeople, but also it's exactly the kind of product that probably does advertise on podcasts. Yeah, I would, it's I would that think type so. of like disruptive, you know, 
kind of product. And I don't know, like you never, you know, you could be some like, you know, one of those things where like they belong to some conglomerate or some coalition that like pitches to all kinds of podcasts and just, you know, you have women listeners, you have women in your life. And I'm pretty sure we've had, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure our friend was on the show uh, talking about uh, that she uses them. And I got to say, it's really weird that I'm starting the show with this off-topic conversation. But when I first saw it, I was like, well, sure. Like, I mean, I, I don't like the idea of living in this world where, like, men treated periods like either a punchline to a joke or some, uh, you know, stigmatized thing or just kind of like, you know, all, all that baggage that goes along with it. So, but you have to admit there would be something pretty... There would be it would be problematic where it's like women they can't even find women to advertise period underwear we have to have right. two white guys at well, advertising period right, underwear right well I don't know why race came into this but but you know privilege right well I mean I've I've heard that you know no I get it um uh yeah and, and that's why I mean th- th- again I wrote back saying I just don't see how we would be good spokespeople for this and they always want to hear about your personal experiences and stuff which that that wouldn't work. Um, but I really did want to at least keep an open mind about it when I thought it was a real thing. Like, oh, well, maybe this is some outside the box. You know, if they're really just having tons of people, I mean, there's a lot of podcasts hosted by women I think that would be, uh, that would be a great fit for. And I was like, well, maybe they're just trying to hit the, the, the market and maybe by having guys talk about periods more, it's not bad for your, but then it turned out you were just being punked. Then it turns out I was just being punked and, I'm so far off track of what we're supposed to talk about today. I really apologize. This is the third podcast I'm recording today for anybody who cares. Um, So we are going to be talking about these uh, commercials that are uh, going to surprise us. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, Also, um, did someone call a doctor? Because uh, the ad doctor is back. Now, usually, Aviv's, you are the ad doctor. You're the person who says this commercial could be good if you just fixed a few things about it, and I'm here to fix them. Well, I'll tell you what. I borrowed your stethoscope. I borrowed your OR scrubs. Oh, are they? That's right. And uh, I have a commercial that I'd like to try to uh, tinker around with and fix. Um, And then, of course, we're going to hear from you guys, the ad council. Anybody uh, burning up the email lines today? Um, we got some feedback or some some further information about what it means to for a beer to be cold brewed, filtered, and stored. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and uh, a few other a few other interesting th- tidbits. So we'll we'll get to that. All right, I'm looking forward to that. First, though, uh, let's get into these surprising spots. <laughs> All right, what do you got up first here? This is, it looks like an insurance ad. That's right. Um, this is for a feature that insurance offers. And and I got to say, this is not one that Dave sent us, although we'll get to those. Dave being the person whose idea right. this was for the show. Um, but this was, when he suggested this idea, this was one of those ones that immediately came to my mind. This mm. is the, to me, this is the quintessential unexpected uh product for the tone and content of the commercial now i think this is also kind of a visual joke though right it is sort of a visual joke so I'll, why don't you set I'll, it up and I'll explain set it, what's I'll set going it up. on it's then i'll a, play it it starts on a dark misty street it looks sort of like the beginning of a haunted house horror movie mm-hmm. there's a big beautiful victorian house and it's all the lights are out an old man walks by with his dog 
And as he's walking by, lights begin to flash on and off all throughout the house as if it's possessed. There's a whole bunch of windows, and they're just kind of flashing on and off without any kind of consistency. Is that where we uh, hit play here? Sure. Got your classic horror movie music. The old man looks horrified. What's happening? Now, cut to uh, what looks like a very friendly, cute little pizza pizzeria. You've got a family sitting at the table. And there's a toddler. Their toddler is sitting there, and he's got the dad's phone. And he's kind of punching in. You know, he's randomly hitting buttons on the phone. And the mother says to the dad... In the modern world, you can control just about anything with an app. Your son is turning on all the lights again. And with the eSurance mobile app, you can do the same thing with your car insurance. Like access your ID card, file a claim, or manage your policy. It's so easy, it's almost scary. Okay, so to to recap here, the lights are flashing in this house on this dark street. Meanwhile, somewhere across town, maybe even across the county, uh, the dinner, the, the family that owns this house is having dinner at a restaurant. The kid's playing with his dad's phone. And he's on this insurance app, which lets you kind of control the, you know, the the on and off switches in your house. I'm only now realizing as I watch this commercial for probably the 100th time that insurance is not selling this feature. They are selling insurance that's very customizable, but the turn your lights on and off is just like a metaphor in this commercial. So it, it's extra confusing that it's for insurance. What? Go look. Yeah, let's take a listen to the voiceover again. I was just taking your it's word the for it. The voiceover, this. which is uh, John Krasinski, probably. Oh, from the office, American version. I talk like this now. Looking forward to the rest of, the, the rest of my podcasting life. In the modern world, you can control just about anything with an app. Your son is turning on all the lights again. And with the eSurance mobile app, you can do the same thing with your car insurance. Like access your ID card, file ah, a claim. Or you're absolutely right. I just kind of, in my head, what was the radio commercial I was telling you about on the show a while back that the whole time I thought it was for sandwiches, yeah. but it was for gasoline? <laughs> they Because they was. mentioned sandwiches at one point and in I stopped defense, thinking. Insurance companies now sell so many things sure. that are bundled in or or extra features like you know roadside assistance, um, uh, like different things that you can get through insurance. It just kind of seemed plausible to me that it would sell you something that would like help you be energy efficient in your home or whatever. Well, Genevieve, I think you're, again, right on mission with today's show. Yeah, even more than I thought. That surprised us during the taping. And I'd watched it at least once before the show (laughs) with this actually in mind. So, wow. See, I mean, I just think that shows how good of podcasters we are. Right. Uh, Now you have a couple from Dave who actually suggested this topic, right? Yeah, so this first one, let's do, um, let's actually do the the French one, the PSA. Okay, yeah. Now I'm going to tell you what you're you're hearing and then I'm going to, but first, I'm going to apologize for what you're about to hear because oh, it is, no. uh, it is the worst sound humanly imaginable. Um, what you what you're seeing is a uh, young young dad in a grocery store. Um, it's French, so but there's very little dialogue, so it really doesn't matter. He's in a French grocery store, and he is with his little kid, probably five year old kid. The kid puts like a bag of candy in the grocery cart. The dad takes it out and puts it back on the on the shelf. The kid obstinately takes the candy, puts it back in the cart. Dad takes it out one more time, and then that kicks off a meltdown for the kid. And that's the sound that that's we're going to hear? That's the sound that you're going to hear. Okay. Oh, 
Boy puts the candy in. Dad takes it out. Boy puts it in. Dad takes it out. Good looking French guy. I want those sweeties. I want those sweeties. Oh, this kid. Hold on one second. This is an advertisement for murder. No, I'm kidding. Let's get our tubes tied. All of our tubes. Keep watching. He's throwing a total tantrum. Just throwing, kicking and screaming on the floor. (laughs) Then at the end, it just says, it just shows the father's exasperated face. And it just says, use Condoms. Yes, and it's for a French brand of condoms. Is it actually, do we see a brand name? I, I thought it said Zazu, which I assumed was the brand of Yeah, condoms. yeah, there it is. Okay, wow. Wow, that is... So you, was, were, you, <laughs> you were joking, like, oh, it's like birth control. It's very effective birth control. Oh, man, I feel like that so many times on an airplane. You like, how get, many times have we turned to each other on an airplane when we hear some kid having some meltdown on an airplane? And I'm not talking, by the way, let's just get into this for a second. Sure. There was a time when I got mad at every child that I heard screaming on an airplane, including babies, because my rule was if you're too little to be on a plane without crying, then just don't fly. My family never flew. We took vacations all the time. We drove. I know there are certain family emergencies, but that does not account for all of the crying babies I hear on every plane ride. Having said that, I've eased up. Babies are cute. They cry sometimes. We live in a society. I get that. But there is the sound of the kids who you know are not just crying because their ears popped or they're just babies. They're kids who do not take no for an answer. And you can just hear that. And I know I'm judgmental and I don't have kids myself, but you can hear the tone of a kid who is old enough to know better and is just throwing a bloody fit. Yes, I hate that sound. I think... All humans hate that sound. I'm sure that for the parents in our audience, there have been days when like they're good parents, they're parents who say no. And sometimes toddlers, even toddlers who know, who understand what no means are too tired or too hungry or too whatever to be rational. And so there is an age of child that is old, like is old enough to be rational, but sometimes can't be rational. And so I, I, I sympathize. I sympathize in the abstract. I hate your fucking guts in the reality. <laughs> My parents wouldn't let me get away with that stuff. Uh, I do want to say that when you pitched this idea for a show, I was thinking I can't think of any commercials that fit this sort of surprise ending thing. Except now that I've seen that, I'm thinking of another PSA. That we talked about on this show. Yeah, there were a few that that I didn't put in this show sheet because we've talked about them in other contexts. Do you know which one I'm thinking about? Which one? No, which one are you thinking of? You made a big deal of it. I hadn't seen it. It had gone viral, so you oh, made me yes. watch it and then the have big, a real reaction. The big reaction. reveal about the um, shooter, the yes. shooter. Yes, so you, it's like this long, it was for the web, so it wasn't your typical 30 or 60 second spot but it seemed like it was about two high school kids and are they noted they're falling in love from afar and will they notice each other and they're secretly writing graffiti to each other um and then at the end suddenly 
some kid comes in and shoots up the school. And you realize you it in the background. never saw it coming, except there were little clues. Yeah. Throughout the, throughout the little movie, there are clues that this kid was like becoming increasingly disaffected, more obsessed with weapons. And this is not one of the main characters. This was yeah. one some kid you would see in the background who, while the, the lovebirds are writing nice little graffiti to each other into a desk, I think maybe the the guy who ends up being the shooter was writing probably horrible things. I don't know. Once you go back, and that's the whole point of that PSA is keep an eye out for the signs uh, because it could happen at any time. Anyway, very, very dark commercial, that one, but definitely one that is well, it's trying to surprise the hell out of you to get the message to stick. We're about to look at a commercial that's um, that's a dark commercial. That's a dark, darkly toned commercial for a not darkly toned product. And the the school shooter PSA is like the reverse, right? It's like, it's a very lightly toned sure, yeah. uh, message for a very dark uh, product or message, I guess. And it leaves you feeling like you just saw something really dark. Yeah, and it does. And this will leave you feeling like lighthearted and relieved because there's a there's a joke at the end. Isn't so. that the difference between PSAs and commercial products? Or uh, products... Well, commercials for products. I mean, products. A, a product that wants you to buy it will almost never want to leave you on a really right. dark note. Whereas a PSA wants to change your behavior in some way or warn you of something right. in some way. So, uh, do you want to set this one up? It just says "unexpected commercial ending." That's the name of it on YouTube. Yes, and I want to thank Dave. This is from Dave. Uh, is one of the ones that he sent. He also sent the the uh, condom commercial. Um, this opens with uh, basically, if you've seen um, The Exorcist, it's The Exorcist. A priest arrives at an old, gloomy manse. He's let in by a dour-looking old woman. You hear some screaming and pounding from upstairs. Uh, he slowly, trepidatiously walks up the stairs to enter the room and find um, a young woman in a white nightgown uh, screaming and having fits, and she's off the floor and on the ceiling like yeah, the, it like poltergeist. Like she's I'm sorry, possessed. not poltergeist. Like the like the Exorcist. Okay, so I'll just hit play on this. Yeah, I mean it's got even the light in the mist coming out of the window exactly like the beginning of the Exorcist. So the the priest takes his uh, crucifix. He sees somebody, uh, the father, praying quietly in the corner. Slowly, they head up the stairs. You start to hear the screams. This is scary. It's pretty scary. I mean, it's really, it's it's very evocative of The Exorcist, mm-hmm. which is a really scary movie. The house is the same, I mean. He opens the door. The woman's on the ceiling. The door closes. This is scaring me. Now she's roll. She's rushing. Her body is being dragged across the ceiling by this demon. This is horrifying. Now, 
<laughs> Let me explain the reveal. Twist! <laughs> we see upstairs there's some elderly lady just cute as a button listening to her headphones and vacuuming with her dirt devil vacuum. And the suction of the dirt devil vacuum on the floor above is so strong <laughs> that the woman who we thought was possessed was merely stuck to the ceiling because of the dirt devil it's a good that one, right? That is really good, yeah. Um, I wonder if that ever ran on TV. That feels foreign again to me, although The Exorcist is an American movie, I believe. It's, it seems like something that was made for an international audience because it doesn't rely on language at all. Yeah, and it's a minute 30. And it's a minute 30. I, I think you could also do a 30-second version of that. There's a lot yeah, of fat that you could sure, trim. Yeah. Um, I think that it is... It's a great ad, first of all. I should probably win some sort of Clio. Mm -hmm. But it's also interesting because it stands in such stark contrast to the vacuum ads that we see in this scene mostly now, which is like Dyson. It's all about innovation. It's all about, you know, uh, this new feature, this new technology that fixes this problem with vacuuming. This is just about like uh, brand awareness, strong suction, and laughs. I'm going to read to you um, from an Adweek article about this ad. This came out in uh, 2011, at least the uh, article did, so I assume the commercial did as well. This is uh, written by David Giannatasio. Giannatasio. Um, says, the woman in this cinematic German ad isn't possessed by demons. She's just being sucked to the ceiling where she wails and flails furiously by the awesome suction power of a dirt devil vacuum being used by an old lady in the room above. There. In keeping in the evil spirit of the spot, I spoiled the twist ending for you. Kudos to director Andreas Roth for this finely detailed and creepy parody, although 30 seconds of buildup before the big reveal would have sufficed. (laughs) That's what I said. And, And David says, if I kept and I kept thinking if the ceiling lady vomits pea soup that's going to be one hell of a nasty stain and dirt devil won't have a prayer of cleaning it up um, so okay so and it also looks like it's uh, uh, okay the UK had another version of it as well but that was a German ad from 2011 that's pretty cool love it yeah thank you Dave that, that was it was a delight to watch it's a delight to watch for the first time every time <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> uh, we got a TurboTax one here. What's that? What is that one? <laughs> this is really a surprising yes. show. Yes. You put together the show sheet and you leave. It says TurboTax go for a run commercial with unexpected twist. All right, let's just watch. You know what, Vives? I'm sorry, I did the show sheet. This and show then I, is and then really surprising. No, I think that the <laughs> listeners should go be back and look. Very shortly before the okay, show. Okay, uh, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm going to tell you what's happening here. I, I mean, just live there. You're, you're apologizing because you put it together, the show today, and you don't remember it. I haven't even taken the time to watch this one once. Oh, I know. I've just remembered. Okay, okay. I just remembered. There it was. What, you're, what you start with, and it's good actually that we're talking about it because unfortunately, most of these are kind of visual jokes. It starts with what appears to be an Apple commercial. It's not quite the... An qu- Apple computer commercial. Yes, or an not Apple device. Not for devi- apples. Uh, yes, Apple, okay. de- the devices. Not the fruit. Right. Um, and it looks, she's, there's a, an attractive woman. She's doing yoga in her apartment, her beautiful, you know, minimalist, clean, lighted apartment. She's got uh, like a watch on that's like a step counter exercise mm-hmm. watch. 
Uh, I think there might be a couple of other kind of mobile devices in the room. But it looks like there's it's going to be an ad for some, whether it's Apple or some sort of related technology, it looks like a product for how technology can help you, can create, you know, give you better living through exercise and clean living and all that crap, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a twist. All right. Let's watch this. Beautiful yoga studio. A lot of light. I understand why you think it's like an Apple commercial. She's like tying her, her running shoes. It looks like it's a for fitness of some kind. Yeah, she's got a tiny little uh, iPod Yeah, that's Nano. an actual iPod Nano. Now she's about to go for a run. Oh, and she just tripped immediately. She, you can't avoid it. Your taxes are due in a week. She like the before she takes her first step, she trips, bites it hard, and then we see that she tripped over a physical manifestation of the word taxes, the right. letter T A X E S. Let's say about two two feet high were below her, and as she went to uh, start jogging, she tripped over the taxes. Taxes are due in a week. Thankfully, there's TurboTax. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, got you, right? It got me. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, what I would have really loved to do, and I lacked the time or probably the skill to do this correctly or or effectively, I would have loved to have shown you these and had you try to guess mm. where they were going. But there's so it's such a hard left in all of them that like I don't know that anyone really could. Right, yeah. Well, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm surprised. Uh, Miracle Grow? Yeah, so this one is um, kind of interesting. I thought it was... Am I not... Should I not say Miracle Grow? Because well, then- now we know. But it does matter. It, it's not a... It's not a this was probably not the, the greatest example, but I thought it was kind of a nice twist. Uh, what you're seeing is a, a boy, probably 10 years old. He opens the refrigerator in his house, and instead of having food in the refrigerator, it's a giant, one of those two-door, double-wide refrigerators. Mm-hmm. But instead of any food, it's filled with water bottles. And it looks like, I don't know if this plays into it or not, but it looks like reused water bottles, or maybe they're just avoiding having any, having any I think, labels on these. I think it's these. the latter, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Hit play. Yep. Water. Just water. Lots and lots of water. You wouldn't feed your kids just water, so why starve your plants? Feed the miracle Grow. And go from doom to bloom. Oh, that's... Um, For 15 seconds. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I give it a surprise, surprise, surprise. No, that's fine. I mean, you know. I saved I saved a good one for last. This is okay. our last one, and then we'll then we'll move on. Then we'll, All right, uh, what is it? This is, um, well, uh, I guess it's, I guess it doesn't matter. I can tell you that it's for Lysol. Yeah. Um, but it comes at it in a very surprising way. Um, what you're, what you're going to see, what you'll see is a bunch of kids who are going through childhood, various childhood minor traumas, things like getting lightly bullied at the playground or um, seeing a girl they like at the in the cafeteria or uh, crossing the crosswalk and you know while traffic is coming. Mm-hmm. And in each case, a huge animal like a bear or a, uh, uh, an orangutan or an elephant or something, is there to protect them from whatever potential harm they might in- encounter. Like okay. the, the orangutan like grooms the little boy when the girl sees him, or okay. the bear walks across the the uh, crosswalk to make sure the cars don't hit the little girl. Okay. 
So why don't we play that? We'll walk through it a little bit, and then we'll we'll explain what why it's uh, for Lysol. The visuals on this are great. Okay, so there's a little girl walking with a bear. That bear is like Uncanny Valley bear big time. Yeah. These are clearly not super well animated. it helped her get across the street, across the crosswalk. Now it's raining, and there's a little boy sitting on a bench. Aw, and a giant bird. A vulture. A vulture puts its wing over the boy's head to protect him from the rain. Oh, now we have some tweens. Some girls are catching his eye. The orangutan is brushing his hair. Now a boy is being bullied, okay? And uh, the bullies are taking off his hat and playing keep away with it. And I think we're about to see an elephant based on the audio clues I just heard. (laughs) Here comes an elephant to save the bullied kid. The elephant yells at the bullies. And then finally, a little girl's asleep on the couch, sleeping on a lion. Just uh, sleeping a, a, on a lion. A lioness, I should yes. be Yes. The, the lioness is on the couch, and the little girl is snuggled up with the lioness. Oh, and then it says, protect like a mother. It's what you do. It's what we do. Lysol. I like it. Kind of a surprise. Right? I like it. An interesting take. Absolutely. I'll give it one of these. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Because when you cut the tape, you use the tape, damn it. I know. I love it. Thanks for putting that together, Veeves. Yeah, and thank you so much, Dave. I, I enjoyed finding these examples. Some of them I had in my head from watching commercials, and some of them I went looking for. But it was a it was an enjoyable way of thinking about commercials, which is really why I like doing this show at all, because... If you don't start with like the use case for the product, mm-hmm. what do you start with? Right, right. Start tabla rasa, right? Like, yeah, and like, slate, yeah. and what's what's like a counterintuitive way of thinking about the product? And I like to me that would be the fun thing about being a a, a Don Draper or, or an advertising uh, creative, you know? Yeah. Wait, hold. Can you just hold on one second? Actually, is that the? Oh, the doctor's here. Doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. Doctor, doctor, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. What should I do? Is the doll's name Easel? I don't know because I started to sing along and there's always these two extra syllables in the song that I don't know what she's saying. My doll is a... She has high fever. I always think she's going to say, my dolly, she has high fever. Uh, but I no, thought there, the no, doll was No, I'm like, wrong. Yeah, there's some... What should I do? What should I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. I went too far. Now we're to the doctor's part. Let's go back. What should I do? What should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. I think the doll's name is Easel. I guess. All right. What's the doctor got to say? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're you're the one who came with the stethoscope and the. I will give bone her saw. Don't Sweet talk milk. over the doctor. Yes, makeup better. All right, all right. I won't play all four and a half minutes of that. Uh, but good news, the doctor is in, and this time the doctor was a man. What? It's me. I'm the doctor. And I want to talk about a commercial that we've talked about on the show before. And which has consumed you. Yeah, sort of. I feel like Tumgis is taking over a greater and greater part of this show. At one point, we certainly handed the entire show over, I feel like, to the colonels. Mm -hmm. And uh, lately, we've had some uh, uh, Tumgis on the brain, which is... 
sounds bad. Yeah. Small procedure. You can get to You can get that cleared but up. But it is fatal if left untreated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You definitely. There's a PSA about that. Frightening, actually. Um, anyway, so for those who are out of this market, um, Tumgis represents AMPM, and an AMPM is like a Seven Eleven or a Store Twenty Four or something like that. It's your your typical kind of quickie mart. Um, and Tumgis stands for too much good stuff which is their uh, catchphrase. And Tumgus is a, uh, again, He's I'm a snack-based organism. He's a snack-based organism. Thank you. I assume that people have heard this show before. So we've talked about Tumgus a lot, but he's a man, let's just call him a man, who is, um, that, let's say, seven and a half to eight feet tall, very big man, completely made of snacks and other food. I don't consider hot dogs to be a snack yet that you know part of his body is made up of hot dogs, donuts, his hair is made of red vines or twizzlers. Uh his hands are made of cinnamon buns. He sounds horrific. His beard I believe might Cheetos. be che- Cheetos or cheesy poofs. Um yet somehow has a lot of charm, this Tumgus character. He's definitely a lady killer. The ladies come in, they often are leaving the men they came into the AMPM with to be with uh, Tumgus. But there's one ad in this campaign that drives me crazy. And these are quickies, okay? And that's part of the thing that drives me crazy here. This is a 15-second ad. And Tumgus is at the quote-unquote thirst oasis. The thirst oasis. Yes, is when what- we had uh, our guest Nick Allers on, uh, he wasn't familiar with these ads, but he was very familiar with AMPM. Oh, that's right. And before we even showed him the ad, he goes, oh, yeah, I go there for the Thirst Oasis. He, like, knew it was called the Thirst Oasis. I'm just thinking, I get, I want to say something with love here that I okay. know if Nick heard it. He doesn't he, listen. He would, okay, good. Is Nick our closest friend who's like Tumgus? Is he our friend who's closest to being Tumgus? As far as, I mean, he's not a I mean, giant he, creature, but, but he, he is loved, made of snacks. He's made of snacks, and his life in many ways revolves around snacks and, and thirst oasis. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. And I love Tombgis. I, I know, I love Nick and I love Tombgis. As a matter of fact, I hope I never have to choose between them. Um, anyway, this particular ad, they're at the Thirst Oasis, aka the uh, the fountain drink station. And um, it's Tombgis and just some guy, some kind of dumpy. 30-something guy, and they are both filling up their drinks. And you hear this Western music, and it's supposed to make you think of a showdown, like like an old Western showdown or a quick draw thing. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense, and the commercial is so short that you just see them both filling their drinks a couple of times. Like they push the button, then they stop, and they push the button, then they stop. And maybe they're making what we used to call suicides growing up. Maybe they're mixing up different But it's unclear, sodas, what, the, but it's unclear. what the state, like what are they, what, are, what, is, what, is, what is this test of skill about? Right, because it looks like they're just kind of, you can't even tell whether or not they're filling their drinks with different kinds of soda. They could just be each hitting the Coke button on and off, on and off, which is very unimpressive, if you ask me. And then at the very end, the man turns to Tumgus, holding his giant soda that he just poured for himself. He extends the waistband on his pants, and he pours the soda into the front of his pants. So it looks like he peed himself. Tumgus turns to his, I guess, competitor here, who's just poured soda in his pants, and says, Ha-ha! Tumgus doesn't wear pants. (laughs) 
Boongas don't wear pants. 25 Cent Freeze Friday is back. AM, PM, too much good stuff. And then they advertise Slurpees at the end. Not even the sodas that these guys were pouring. And I think part of this commercial, the problem is, it's well, as you said, the, the fundamental problem is, what is going on here? Like, what is the competition? What is the quick draw? Is it how fast can you fill up your soda? Because if that's the case, why are you clicking on and off? Also, it just happens so quickly. We are, we, we are, I think, six or seven seconds in when this guy suddenly decides to pour soda down his pants. What led to this? There it is. So... They start pouring at second two. At second seven, dude's already pouring soda down his pants. Mm-hmm. We had four seconds to fi- or five seconds to figure out what the hell is going on here. I only after watching it a million times, I realized he had some sort of quick draw. But then again, why would you pour it down your pants? Okay, this I, I've explained the problem enough. But then the question is, what is the solution? Doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. I'll tell you right now. What they need to do is just do a little bit more trickery in filling up their soda glasses or cups. Like if this guy maybe turned his back to the thirst oasis and then put two cups behind his back and filled two at the same time, like a trick pianist or something. And then Toomgis goes under the leg and slam dunks a Nerf basketball across the store while he's still filling up with some seven up or something like that. Then we need some soda stunts. Yes. Soda stunts. Then it's kind of like, how do you top all this? I'll pour my soda down my pants. Yes. I still don't think it's a natural conclusion, but you're not confused as to what's going on. I agree. I think that's a great fix. It's it, and, it, and it would end a little bit in the way that the walk-off ends in uh, Zoolander, right? Where oh. he has to like do a special move and pull out his underpants. That's right. Oh, and he, spoiler alert, he can't, right? Well, uh, Owen Wilson can, but uh, Zoolander can't. Right. And he can't turn left. Right. Right. Uh, okay, well, I feel like I definitely uh, belabored the setup for that commercial, but I think the, the solution was pretty quick and easy, I, I right? I think the solution is great. I think it's not a 15-seconder. You, you have to add some time to it to make it work with your solution, but I think you that's think so? fine. I mean, this could it's be like, very quick. I think they need to start it quick, but just like regular fill-up, and then you know they keep going back and forth and showing the close-ups. I just think that you just add... I just think you add context, not time to this. Just the next time this close-up of him filling it up again, it should just be behind his back. Yeah, I think one of the problems with this, though, honestly, is the problem that you had with it, which is you have to watch it 50 times to even get the premise. Right. I think it would benefit from, I mean, it's a rare commercial that is too short, but I think it would benefit from a little bit of extra extra meat. All right, should we check in with the ad council? Yeah. All right. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, this is when we check in with you guys The Ad Council uh, You meant, well, I don't want to Actually, you know, can I start this off with something? Can I start this off with a very special message? Sure Listener Lauren, who lives in Florida Leave Jacksonville. I actually have her address here if you want me yeah. to read it out loud. Yeah, her social, social security social number. Security number. Um, I can't remember if I've already done a shout out thank you when it was just in theory. Um, but Lauren heard me talking about my midlife crisis mm-hmm. on the show and how I'm trying to collect 
Um, like I'm trying to get a Walkman because apparently that's going to make me feel younger again. Um, and one thing I never had as a kid, but my friends had that I always coveted was a Nintendo Game Boy. And Lauren wrote into the show and said, hey, listen, I have a Game Boy. I thought it'd be fun to play some Tetris. I did that. I bought it on eBay a while back. She promised me it wasn't too expensive, and she said she would send it to me. I felt very guilty about this. Yeah. I don't want to get I thank God every day there are no ethics that govern podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, I think I might have mentioned this, but you, the reason I did feel a little bit better about swapping things with Lauren was a long time ago, I had painted a uh, Yes, you a sent her a worthless a, painting. I sent, but I mean, at least we already had a relationship where we were shipping things across the country <laughs> to each other, because um, I really don't want to get in the habit of people just like I don't want to just like open up mic and be like boy I could sure really use uh, I don't know what do I want I, I got everything I want now because the point is right. Lauren sent me her old Game Boy her old generation one Nintendo yeah. Game Boy with it's pretty baller looking oh my god it's so cool and it came with the um, Tetris game and I just went to the um, there's a store less than a mile from our house that sells all kinds of old Audio video stuff, uh, uh, DVDs, Blu-rays. I know those aren't that old. Um, consoles going back to the original Nintendo and everything uh, between that and the Xbox One. Um, old games, controllers, everything. So I bought myself four more Nintendo Game Boy cartridges today, which I'm going to be playing after the show. I bought uh, Mario Baseball. Mm-hmm. I bought... Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I love just how uh, generationally specific it is. I bought the and I like uh, how it's so hilarious to be like how branded these are. When I think about the screen and what I it know. can really show, it's I know. like I can't wait. Tiny, just like it's like a couple of pixels. I cannot wait. I bought the uh, Konami NFL football game, which it looks like it's the official NFL, which means I can pick my team, which means I can probably play the uh, late eight. Well, this was probably mid-90s Cleveland Browns, so good luck with that. Um, and then uh, the Terminator 2 game. So um, I'm, I want to see what that entails. I know. I haven't played any of these yet. I, I have been playing uh, the Tetris. I've been having so much fun. Uh, so if I did break any ethics by accepting a gift uh, from you guys, the Ad Council, I mean, it is a council. I've been clear. There are are no ethics to but, govern I mean, it, us. Is, it is a council though i sort of feel like i mean i think it's like the high council uh it's like the small council in game of thrones right it's like really just the king runs it but i say if we build our audience it can someday be the large council <laughs> anyway lauren from the bottom of my heart thank you so so much um okay so that that was my bit of the ad council what else do we have here anybody send you anything well yes i got something even better than a vintage game boy which was to be told that i am right Oh my um, god! No, this is going to say the gift of information. No, no, um, <laughs> it's the, the the gift of correctness, which is worth a thousand times more, especially in today's America. I believe that's the gift of smugness. Topical. Uh, yes, the gift of smugness is the greatest gift. Uh, no, this is from Tyler, um, who I had written. I had talked last week about Popov's Miracle Water as a oh, yeah, as yeah. a G, and it's it was sort of a low hanging G because <laughs> uh, low hanging G's. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we called the show that. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's for this obvious, you know, scam artist, huckster of quote unquote miracle water. Mm-hmm. And I was just shocked. Not that this kind of thing existed, because of course, uh, you know, scams exist all the time, but that it would be aired during a showing of Better Call Saul on AMC network television, which I really found shocking. Um, and Tyler just uh, concurred. He wrote, wrote in, I'm so glad to hear that you brought up the Miracle Water ad. 
I have also seen it during Better Call Saul, and I thought at first that it must have been satire, and I had the exact same reaction. Like, so wait, the whole your whole I was right about something is just like that you had a, a pretty obvious opinion that one other person in the world also had, which is this is a crazy ass commercial. Yes, that's what you're smug about. Well, I, I mean, I'll take my rightness where I can get it. Okay. Uh, I anyway, didn't realize times were so tough. They're tough. Yeah, times, <laughs> times is lean. Times is lean, y'all. Uh, if, if you think I'm right about anything else, please let me know. Hold My that. favorite thing. Oh, wait. This is a bad version of it. I want to see if I could show the Miracle Water uh, commercial, but it looks like... Oh, here it is. I just want to say, like, you were so right in knowing that this is, like, completely off its nut. God's <laughs> has always been to be in health and to prosper. And he's using the miracle spring water to do just that. My marriage smoker, I sent for the water and I used it and it worked. He stopped smoking. By taking up the spring water, God healed my heart. That's and the greatest tragedy is that a woman had the strength of will and character to stop smoking and yeah. she can't even take credit for it. It yeah. was like some fucking placebo that, that she, you know, Credits. Oh well, I was. Someone else did say I was right about something else that we disagreed about. Oh, okay, good. Okay, here um, we go. Here we go. The uh, so I'm sorry, I didn't write this one down, but um, you said that the the couple in the Allstate commercial, the 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 voiceover one where she says women drivers oh, are, yeah, yeah, are yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. And I said they didn't read as a couple to me, and one of our listeners also agreed. One person said that they agreed with you because there are other ones in the campaign where you see non couples, like a kid and an adult or something, which is okay. That's fine. The whole campaign isn't couples, but I still think that that's a couple. I think it's a bad couple. It doesn't mean you're right. It just means one person agrees with you. Often the people who agree with me tend not to write into podcasts because they're very busy people with a lot of stuff going on in their lives. I know. I know. Um, Okay, moving on. Uh, We also talked last week uh, about a note from listener Tony who works at a brewery, and he said this whole idea of cold brewed, cold filtered, cold packaged is... Uh, sort of a it's a it's a dodge or a or a, a you know a gloss because actually that's just normal that's how all beer is made mm-hmm. right um and uh and I, I think we had said on that show we'd love to know more about what that means like what what are they even claiming what is cold filtered? what is cold mean? filtered yeah. so i'm gonna read this it's long but i think it was i think it's worth it's worth reading the whole thing just so we all understand how beer is made should you as some background noise do you want me to do the rainier sound behind you rainier <laughs> if you have some like dude if like you have like girl from ipanema or something that okay i have good. some music like that all hold right. on one second here let me find it there it is Perf- perfect, right? Yeah, that's great. It's oh. not perfect because it's only 18 seconds. So I'm just going to keep hitting it over and over <laughs> okay. while you this. Uh, all right. This is from Tony. If we look at the cold brewed portion of the slogan, depending on the definition of brewing, it can either be plausible or total bullshit. I think they got some flack for that because they have since changed the word brewed to lagered, mm. which I didn't know, which he says makes perfect sense. So after you've done the mash boil with the water, barley, and hops, it is sent into a fermentation vessel, at which point you add yeast. At this point, it is become it is defined as beer. Once you add the okay. yeast, uh, you hold the beer at room temperature until the fermentation is finished. So none of that is cold. Nothing that we've done so far has been cold. Yeah, okay, I gotta stop this music. I think it's just distracting people. All right. Um, at this point, they crash the beer, which is a which is what uh, they call cooling it down. Um, they shoot for about thirty degrees Fahrenheit, um, and that makes the solids like the yeast tops and proteins drop to the bottom. They're dumped off. Mm. In the case of making a lager beer, this crash can last anywhere between two to six weeks, 
two to six weeks to get it Whoa. down to like the right temperature. I've had crashes before, but I've never <laughs> lasted that long. Hey, uh, and it's necessary in finishing any type of lager. Um, so that's the first, yeah, we do all that moment. You cannot log, you can't create lager beer without crashing it or cold mm. brewing it. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's other kinds of beers besides lagers that you can, that you don't need to crash. Then you do the cold filtered part. He says the beer is already cold. You would never warm the beer for that process. So yes, it's cold filtered, but like what idiots would, why would you ever heat something up that's cold just to uh, filter it? Right. Okay. Um, so and that's then, it. Okay. And then finally, in cold package, it, it is very necessary for the beer to be cold at this point. So all beers have to be cold packaged. He says, did you ever go to a party and the, and the keg's not in an ice bath or not properly iced down? Um, and if the beer is not iced, uh, it'll be like 50% foam. Mm. Like it won't, it won't, uh, it won't, car- it, it carbonates at a cold temperature. Otherwise, oh. the gas all like comes to the top that's interesting we just had a, a keg at our party this weekend we did we had we kept it very cold we did and then we Through many I, trips to the ice store yes and uh i believe our neighbors filled up the uh their their final uh what do you call it grommet no nope. their growler their their final growler of that beer uh today um i also in during this segment i'd like to bring up one thing that i should have brought up at least two shows ago okay so timely so it's very timely I know. Okay, good. I got there. You know when I did a whole show about radio commercials that I hear constantly during Mariners games and uh, other things on the 710 ESPN here in uh, Seattle? One of the commercials um, that I liked that used kind of a silly baseball trope said, when you get to the bottom of the fifth, you need another bottle of brown sugar bourbon. So I thought that was really clever. I was making fun of all of the... um, the like hit a home run with your friends and family, take them on a train, and all these other forced uh, what's what I'm looking for like forced like baseball tropes or whatever. But I thought, even though I knew that it wasn't the first time ever used, I thought it was funny that like when you get to the bottom of the fifth time for some more whiskey, I thought that was really funny. And somebody wrote in, I'm sorry, I don't have your name in front of me, and they said, I think you guys are missing. You didn't think it was as funny as I did, Vives. And I uh, got a, a note from a listener who said, you guys are missing the joke. The fifth is the fifth of whiskey. You got to the bottom of the fifth I of whiskey. I was missing the joke. And like, I just want to make fair. it clear. Like, yeah, that's why I liked it. I thought that joke was funny. And we were having that whole conversation, and you didn't get the, I don't understand what you thought we were talking about. Well, my bigger problem was not having anything to do with the fifth inning or the fifth be- fifth of the bottom of the fifth, but just a fifth of whiskey is like a lot, and you shouldn't have another one if you get to the bottom. But when you get to the bottom of the, I mean, maybe you didn't start the fifth during that game. I mean, do you feel better about it now? Because maybe you got to the bottom of the fifth. Maybe you didn't start at the top of the fifth. It just seems like a lot of whiskey to me. <laughs> you just, this is really about your um, Yeah, I'm just a member of the temperance movement. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Thank you to the person who wrote in so that I could clear the record on that. All right. Um, All kind right. of on the same tip with the cold filtered, cold brewed, cold stored, um, and with the it's toasted uh, narrative of something that is just de rigueur for an industry or whatever or product, but which some advertiser is trying to claim makes them special. Listener Ann writes in, um, there's one that's always irks me. I worked in insurance for many, many years and every company bundles. So, you know, if you, you like progressive makes this a big deal about their ad campaign. We, we bundle your home car and your, your car auto, sorry, car home and, um, 
I don't know. I don't know. They don't think they do life insurance, but like they. Yeah, but I mean, that makes sense. All, all bundling means your is we're selling you more stuff. I mean, of course you. Bundle. Yeah, but of course, but you got a dis. You, the, the point yeah, being, you right. get a discount if yeah. you do it. So she writes, um, if you have home and auto coverage with the same company, I guarantee you'll be receiving a discount. It would be absolutely foolish of a company company not to offer yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's interesting, right? Because Geico, uh, in fact, I was just at a work retreat where we we did a whole kind of like exercise based on this i felt like a secret expert because we talk about commercials all the time especially like those insurance commercials all Mm -hmm. the time um but we talked about the fact that geico's pitch and geico's marketing strategy is very rarely around bundling it's more about you if you it's more about um convenience and price right so 15 minutes could save you 15 percent that's like that's it it's time it's money Mm mm-hmm Progressive has made a big pitch, huge pitch, with flow on motorcycles, the flow on boats, the flow, you know, at at your home, with like the like they've made a huge bet on this idea of bundling. Now I'm sure everybody does bundling, but that's their marketing strategy. Well, remember the very first Flow commercial? They didn't realize that Flow was going to be necessarily a recurring character. Flow was a checkout person. The idea behind the original Flow campaign was a marketplace of insurance where right. you go and you take a box of insurance that contains all the insurances you want off the shelf then you take it up to the cash register and you pay for it all as a bundle and she was the sassy person mm-hmm. kind of behind I don't know if there's actually a cash register but that was her role she was the person working in the quote unquote insurance And then Stephanie store. Courtney just had a lot and, of presence. Right and she had so much presence and that's what you know that ad campaign started at the same time you had the campaign with the um, kind of animated box uh, who does the voice on that? Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell. And he's still around doing like the, you know, the sassy uh, uh, progressive insurance box in the back of a cab or whatever, right. kind of uh, cutting it up or whatever. Like that was really the thrust of that campaign. Totally. But, but Stephanie Courtney just killed it. And so, but yeah. It's just anyway, interesting, interesting what, what yeah. companies decide to emphasize, right? Even Absolutely. if it's something that's a very basic um, function of their product or service. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, so thanks, Anne. And thanks, um, Stephanie Courtney, for just. You know, just, I saw her in a movie it. recently, like a little. It was a Netflix movie. Yes. What were you it was, watching? It's I called Girlfriend's in... Day, I think. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it with you, but I saw. I saw it's, her on the screen. It's like you know, I would say it's a B minus. It's worth your time if you're you know if you got time time to kill. It's with Bob Odenkirk. It's on Netflix. It's one of those Netflix only things. Netflix is doing so much content now that yeah. most of it never even cracks the surface in terms of buzz, but. This is a it's sort of like a parody of a film noir with um, Bob Odenkirk as the the best greeting card writer in the biz. Oh, I did watch part of that with you. Yeah, that was and actually she's kind a of fellow a funny, greeting card okay, writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would be seeing her out of her flow outfit reminded me of the they did a couple of commercials with her where she kind of Eddie Murphy yes. plays uh, <laughs> and plays every character in the scene. She plays a mom and a dad and a, and a bitchy sister yeah, right. and a weird uncle. Yeah, it's funny to see her outside the flow makeup. All right, one more piece of feedback, and then let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap her up. Um, this I am going to read again. It's I know I've done a couple of long ones, long emails today, but these were both so delightful to me. Uh, for one thing, I love I I love anyone who's a nerd about anything. It might not be the thing I'm a nerd about, but I love like like our you know Tony's a beer nerd. I love it. Um, this is from listener Patrick, and this is Colonel um, related news. Oh, is there a kernel of truth in it? Anyway, uh, Patrick writes, I've always been surprised when I encounter a discussion in which people don't know or were not aware that Colonel Sanders is a Kentucky colonel. 
So do you know what a Kentucky colonel is? Do, have we talked about this? Uh, does it have something to do with the Civil War? No. Good. It's just the highest honor that the state of Kentucky can confer upon an individual or government official. Oh. It's like I, I work at a university where we give one alumnus or alumna a year uh, this what we call the alumnus summa laude dignitas. I believe I got that right. And it's like the and we call it the highest honor that the University of Washington mm-hmm. can bestow upon an alumnus. And so it's sort of like those things. It's like it's it's a medal of honor or you know, whatever. It's like the thing that you can do the the most high honor from this uh, civic body or you know re- governmental body. So there is a status. There is an award of colonel of Kentucky. I see, but it's not a military. The point is, it's not, it's a, not military a military designation. Colonel. But a Kentucky a... colonel is a specific thing. Interesting. Okay. So anyway. Um, Colonel Sanders is a Kentucky colonel, as opposed to Colonel Tom Parker, who was Elvis's manager, who was awarded that honorary rank by Louisiana's governor for his... So I guess you could be a Louisiana governor. Uh, uh, Colonel. Or sorry, a Louisiana colonel. Uh, He was awarded that honorary rank by Louisiana's governor for his work on the governor's election campaign and not as a result of service and the non-existent Louisiana militia of the 40s. Um, I, too, am a Kentucky colonel. Says Patrick. What? Colonel yes. Patrick? I thought you got Colonel Schaefer. Uh, I thought you guys would get a kick out of having a bona fide Kentucky Colonel as a listener. And as such, here's my bona fides. A, yes. Super stoked. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. These are his bona fides. Send me a Game he Boy also and sent we're, us, we're set. Uh, he also has sent us the the actual, certi- like a PDF of the actual certificate that he received that makes really? him a Colonel. Um, I can't speak to the process uh, by which Colonel Sanders went through. But for me, it was while I was in the Army, stationed at Fort Knox. I was nominated by the civilian director of the Post Protocol Division, seconded by the staff sergeant I reported to, approved by the governor or someone on his staff. I have not adopted the moniker of Colonel Schaefer. I think it would be too douchey to tell people to call me Colonel here in the Northwest. But if I was still in Kentucky, I'd be all over that name. And if someone ever said, hey, Patrick, I'd be like, who are you talking to? <laughs> so that's Colonel Schaefer, everybody. I love it. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, Veeves. Thank you so much for doing all the prep for today's show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was this fun. show is fun when I can just like sit back and let you talk. Um, we trade off. If you guys want to email us, use this address: <laughs> www. No, uh, it's, uh, after these messages show at gmail.com. One more time: that's after these messages show at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 607-444-444. 5597-607-444-5597. Kids, maybe you're listening. Maybe when your parents go to bed tonight, you get a hold of their phone, you leave us some voicemails. We'll play them. Yeah. We'll, we'll play anything. Absolutely. And uh, we have a really fun Facebook group, too. We do. It's after these messages show uh, on Gmail. It's the Facebook group. Can I put in a plea, a request? Um, I think our listener, Michael, a few weeks ago suggested that we do a show about commercials for products that you love but with pr- commercials that you don't like. Or, oh, yeah. Well, and we I would even say that thread, the we? Delta, and I put this at the, it's pinned to the top, so it's oh, easy is it? to oh, find. Okay, great. But I would love to hear from the listeners about products that you use regardless or in spite of a commercial that you don't care for. When we, when we do finally get to this topic, I will tell you, 
things are going to get a little heated when we talk about this commercial, aren't they? This Delta one that you've pointed. Or not the Delta one, the Alaska one. The There's Alaska an Alaska one, one yeah. right now that intellectually it's, it's I feel like I should. It's causing some friction in our household. In, in the relationship. Hey, listen, has our relationship been stronger? Sure. Will we bounce back <laughs> from this? I'm, I'm sure we will do that as well someday. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, we're going to be whizzing some smokers at you with that commercial. Uh, sorry, sometimes TVTL <laughs> bleeds into this show. Um, so again, go to the Facebook group and uh, meet your friends and neighbors and have some fun. Just uh, look for After These Messages show on Facebook. Anything else, Veeves? Let's wrap it up. What are we going to play first? T2, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I want to see T2. Mario Baseball or the NFL game? T2. You don't want to see what 1994 Browns look like on a Game Boy? No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Talk to you next week. No. Stack bundles. Rest in peace. Della Reese's nieces. Rest with me. Next to me is a table with empties. Don't tempt me. I burn hemp leaves more style than